in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, everybody across the country, across the world. Man, I tell you, my name is Ro Thompson. I want to welcome everybody to the Junior Golf Podcast. We got a special guest on the podcast today. We got Ryan Daly of Operation 36, and you'll hear more about Operation 36 in just a few minutes. But I want to welcome Ryan uh, to the show. So, hey, Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Ro. Thanks for taking time and having us on and letting us share our story about how maybe we can help some parents out there, some folks getting into the game of golf. Appreciate it very much. Hey, listen, man, I am so excited about the day when I, uh, you know, I attended the session um, yesterday. And when I learned everything about, you know, the program, it was like, bing, you know, <laughs> you, know you know how they say when the, when the light bulb comes on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, I tell you, the light bulb came on yesterday. So, so man, before we get into the the program and the new book that y'all have got, you know, just came out, um, tell us a little, little bit about yourself. Who, who's Ryan? Sure. So, um, I grew up in uh, the Empire State, New York State. I was a hockey player and uh, stopped growing in the 11th grade, 12th grade, and just started to get hammered on the ice. So it was like, I can't play college hockey because I'm too small. Um, so turned to golf kind of late, I guess you would say, Ro. I started when I was 15, 16. So uh, my journey in the game, I'm trying to get as good as I can. I absolutely fell in love with the game because it was an individual sport. And I felt like if I practiced, the harder I practiced, the better I got. The team sports were a little bit confusing for me in the sense that sometimes I had three goals and two assists and we lost and the coach would come in the locker room and start chewing us out. Right. And I was like, hang on. I thought I played pretty good. <laughs> so going to the individual sport was probably good for me later on. As I've moved on from high school, I got pretty good. And then I was telling you before I tried to play in college, but wasn't good enough. Couldn't walk on, um, was pretty good player. I think my handicap might've been a two or three at the time. And then was advised by the college coach down here in North Carolina, if I wanted to get better, I need to find a coach. So I went and found a coach out in the Midwest, took lessons for a couple of years, thought I was getting better. But then at the end, I couldn't break 90 uh, from the tee box anymore. And that was very frustrating to me. And I came back to the East Coast in hopes of making the golf team again, but I couldn't because I couldn't break 90. Right. And then I had to slowly resurrect my game again through the help of PGA professionals and specifically David Orr in North Carolina. And then kind of in the back of my mind, when my first child was being born in 2009, I was like, I don't want him to have to go through what I went through. Right. Right. I want him to be able to get exposed to the game earlier was step one, because mm -hmm. I got I got exposed too late. And I think and I love having conversations with people like you, I think starting them earlier gives them a advantage over starting them later as a very broad topic. Right. Like yeah. I started, I started at 15, 16. I didn't play in enough junior tournaments no. to have a chance. No. Whereas if I could start my son earlier, which we did throughout 36, maybe he has a little bit better chance, but then also he doesn't need to get technical right away. Right. Right. Like I kind of got into the technical later and then I really dove into the technical and I got overwhelmed and then couldn't even keep the ball on the golf course. So with Op36, the goal was like, how can we get them exposed to golf earlier? How can we get them exposed to playing the game of golf at a yardage that you don't have to get really technical and confusing for a six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old? So that 
that might be a quick background of where I came from and then why we created Op36. So then our goal right now is just to introduce as many people to the game as we can in the most effective way possible. We don't want to turn people away, like starting at the tee box and trying to hit a driver down that 40 yard fairway as a beginner golfer. And you can't even make contact. Like that's, that's frustrating. So. But listen, you, you bring up a good topic because I, you know, one of the things that I learned by getting into tennis late is other kids that started at six and eight, you know, they just had a, a better advantage because I was impatient. You know, I wanted to end the point, you know, so you're exactly right. It's just so critical to start kids at an early age, because if you start them 14, 15, that's just, it's just too late. It's too late. You know, I think it's just row exposing them to the sport. Like it's not like at six, seven, eight, they got to play in a hundred tournaments and you got to burn them out. Right. It's just like, expose your son or daughter to the game maybe in a summer camp expose them to a couple programs we're not talking about early specialization and golf is the only thing we love multi-sport that's what we love baseball players hockey players and golfers and that's the best way to do it is to create multi-sport athletes it's just like you said like if you don't have a tennis racket in your hand until 15 it's too late it's gotta be, I mean, there are certainly probably our outliers in tennis, right? Like this one guy in this one city somewhere started when he was 16 and became an amazing, but that's an outlier. The same thing in golf. Like I think Azinger started later, but he's one of the few, right? Like we got to get a racket or a club in their hand earlier. I think is what we think after what we've been doing for so long. And we think it'll help them not only in playing, but also in socially meeting people, enjoying the game, figuring out how to overcome obstacles teaching them life lessons through the game. So That's I'm too right. late. I'm too late for tennis. I, I don't think I, I picked it up. Yeah, so like me late for golf at 30, right? You know, yeah. all right. Well, anyway, so, so man, how did, how did operation 36 come about? Like, I mean, were you just on the golf course one day and you just like, oh, man, we need to do something to, you know, help kids or juniors or people get better. How, how did operation 36 come about? Yeah, so uh, Matt Reagan and I currently run Operation 36. We got together back in 2010. The story of Operation 36 could probably be its own book, could be its own 30-minute conversation. Like, it's all of, it's like serendipity. It's like all of these amazing things happened at the right time. So, like, just for an example, we got started because of the real estate recession in 2007 caused the university wow. to think about closing our golf course. Oh, wow. Right. So we were a 36 hole facility. They had closed nine down to 27 and the president came into our office. I worked for the PGM program at the time. Okay. And he said, if you guys don't get activity at the course, I'm closing this whole thing down. Wow. And I'm like, I was, you know, very young. Then I was just about to have my first child scared to death right? Like, how am I going to pay for food on the table? How am I going to take care of my wife? And my boss turned to me, he goes, do you have any ideas? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'll come up with something. Like, I'll try something. And fortunately, for the last two, three, four years, I had been flying out to all of these different seminars from all these smart people to try to figure out what should I do for my son selfishly. 
and flying out to TPI in California. And they had seminars in Houston and Atlanta. And I was fortunate in my job that I had a, basically an unlimited continuing education budget. So I just tried to figure everything out. And I told my boss, I was like, yeah, give me a chance. Let me try something. Um, I'll put all this stuff together and figure out something at the course. And I figured out I couldn't do it on my own because I was a full-time faculty member teaching classes. So I needed to find somebody to help me. Matt was a fantastic student at the time, very focused, motivated. Um, he was a little green because he was a college student, but that was perfect because I was green too. I didn't know what I was doing. And we just needed two people to just problem solve something. Right. And we started out, it was pretty, it was pretty comical. We got about 20 members of the golf course at Keith Hills in a room and we pitched them on what we were going to do, which is basically run karate at the golf course. Right. They're going to come every Monday for eight months out of the year. And at the time that was unheard of. Like most of the time it was summer camps once a year or private lessons with a grown PGA professional. And a seven-year-old doesn't want to take a lesson from a from me, a 42-year-old PGA professional one-on-one, they, it's too intimidating. Right. So we were like, why don't we do something different? Let's do something like karate and gymnastics, get the kids together in a community together, making friends. And the only thing we really knew how to do was make it fun. So we just like, we threw footballs, we kicked soccer balls, we played music, we had Kenny Chesney going. Like if you, if you showed up, like you would have thought it was a circus. Right. Right. Like it was, Matt and I were having a blast. We were like doing cartwheels and we were having every once in a while, we'd sprinkle in a little bit of golf here and there. But what we did, what we did figure out in those first five years row is that golf is very frustrating. Oh yeah. You can so think that. what we would do is when we would make the lesson plans, we would, a lot of times we'd pivot away from golf and to something else that was funner, like kicking a soccer ball or throwing a football at the golf course, because we knew that was fun. Right. Them top, them topping the ball, them missing the ball, them putting it all over the place was not fun at all. And the, the turning point for us was in 2015. We lost, many have heard our story, but we lost about half the kids that we had. We had 80 kids. We lost 40 of them. You we know like, what happened? What, what happened during that time to so we had conversations with the folks that left and, uh, and those were not easy conversations, but right. basically it came down to, we didn't teach them how to play the game of golf or fall in love with playing the game of golf. Like yeah. these, these folks paid us for four years and all we did was not all we did, but we, we didn't do golf. We didn't get them on the course. And when we did, it was a scramble and a scramble, as you know, makes the really good player feel good about themselves. Yeah. And it makes the small, inexperienced weaker player feel like garbage and they don't want to come back because none of their shots were used right so we thought there's got to be a way to get them on the course in a way that everybody can feel good from the beginning right and that's that's when we started brainstorming different ways to do it we tried the u.s kids model where it was based on driver distance but the challenge with that one was when we put them on the range to get their driver distance some of them couldn't even get it in the air so the track man didn't read how far they went. So at the time we just got so frustrated because then we put them at the level one tees and the level two tees and it wasn't close enough. Mm-hmm. It was still 130 yards away. So it was like, do we give up or do we try to spend the next few years figuring, figuring this out so that others don't have to go through the challenge that we went through as coaches, but more importantly, the the soft spot, spot in our heart, our parents like you and kids, your kid, 
we want them to, when they jump in for the first time, have an amazing time on the golf course. So they can like, remember it. Golf is fun. Like right. some of us forget that the game of golf is really fun. Like if you, you're taking a stick with a ball and trying to get it in the hole. And if it takes you seven, the next hole, you get to brainstorm and problem solve. How can I do this in six? Yeah. How can I do this in five? Right. How can, so your brain is constantly working, but when we put them on the tee box or did a scramble, their brains weren't working. So we were just like, all right, how do we get them to start closer? But then more importantly, like you and I talked about a couple minutes ago with the mental coach for your son, mm-hmm. how do we actually give them a standard? or give them a goal because a lot of these young minds are not, they don't know how to set a goal. They don't know what a standard is. Right. Right. So some of them pick a goal that's way too easy. Some of them pick a goal that's way too hard. (laughs) So what we, what we decided to do is we said, heck, 36 is a pretty cool number. Everybody respects that number. Looking at the scorecard and we're like, all right, we'll be, uh, operation 36 that's our goal and everybody at the time was playing a video game call of duty i think was the big Mm -hmm. video game then so like when we brought in the focus groups of kids to help us come up with the name they were all like make it military make it military so we were like okay we'll do operation 36 and it'll be a mission of everybody to try to beat 36 they start 25 yards away they play all nine holes and they try to beat 36 every hole is a par four so it's super simple for everybody to understand if you make a four it's a par a three it's a birdie and it took off the challenge we had was kids got to a point 50 100 yards where they couldn't beat 36 mm-hmm. so then us as coaches were like oh we actually have to coach now <laughs> we actually have to figure out how to help this kid beat 100 yards so we had to create a whole curriculum a whole class schedule wow. to support this student and the parent because it worked. Like the, the concept of starting at the green and moving back worked. We certainly weren't the first people to come up with it. I think Harvey Pennick might've been, but once we attached the number to at 36, it was like, uh Oh, we got to step up our game as coaches. We got to figure out how do you shoot 36? How many greens do you have to hit? How many putts? If somebody has 25 putts for nine holes, that's not, great we need to get that down lower we came up with the whole statistical tracking program that was pretty basic for a beginner Mm -hmm. Um, and now it's kind of it's just kind of blown up into this amazing program all around the world that over a hundred thousand people are using right now in 15 different countries and it's like what what just happened (laughs) that's incredible that's incredible so you answered a little bit of this but tell us the uh objective of the organization you know why what's the who, who what's your target are you are you targeting everybody or just juniors or adults give us a little bit of objective of the uh operation 36 sure so our, our number one mission is to create golfers our goal is to create a million new golfers okay so to create a million new golfers yeah what's that roll the game yeah 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 grow the game okay. yep. yeah. um But we had no way when we started to quantify what is growing the game. Right. So like we, we, we grew up, I mean, I'm a PGA member, Matt's a PGA member. So we've been through all the PGA education and everybody chants from the rooftops, grow the game, which is great. But we kept searching for somebody that could measure what that means. Mm -hmm. So then what we did is we built our software, our mobile app and our web app to track all these players around the world. So we came up with a statistic that 
if somebody beats 36 or 25 yards away, that to us in our eyes is a golfer. Why? Because they've walked nine holes. They've put down a score of 36 or better. They've done it in a nine hole event, not just playing with dad or grandpa. It's an official nine hole event. And in our eyes, that's actually a golfer versus a golfer. Isn't somebody that just hits the ball on the range. A golfer isn't somebody that just randomly goes on the course with grandpa and plays three holes. Like they actually played nine holes. They've shot 36 or better. So like I can go in the software, Matt can go in the software right now and we can see that number of how many golfers were created yesterday, how many golfers were created this year. So then the goal is to create a million new golfers with the organization. Originally it was juniors. Okay. But looking at our statistics for this year, over 50% of our participants are adults. And of those 50%, 90% are ladies. Wow. Okay. So the, so ladies market has really leaned in and appreciated this concept of starting close to the hole, getting some confidence. Love it. Listen to this one, pushing the men's group ahead of them mm. pace of play wise, instead of feeling like they're the ones holding up the course. Right. They love that. They go out from 25 yards away. They go out and shoot a 40. They come back, they played in an hour and a half. They wow. can't wait. Confidence. Exactly right. hundred oh. percent. So we did not set out with the intention of being an adult beginner golf program. That was a mom in Bowie's Creek tapped us on the shoulders and said, you taught my son how to play this way, starting at the hole, moving back. I want you to teach me and my friends how to do this. Oh, wow. And we're like, Oh, okay, well, let's try <laughs> it. Let's see if it works. And it did. Right. And like our entire strategy on this is to create community so a group of six women working together to beat 36 with the help of a professional coach right and then the second thing we mentioned you and i beforehand is confidence we're trying to create confidence in the player mm-hmm. and when a player goes out for the first time they have a pitching wedge in their hand and let's say they chunk it and then they blade it on the green right. Miracul- miraculously it stays on the green right yeah they hit a putt too hard that hits the stick and it stops next to it. Yeah. And then they go tap in. They've made their first ever par. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. And when they come off the course, you see it in their eyes. They're excited. They're pumped. Yeah. They're so pumped. They're like, Coach Ryan, I made my first par. I'm like, awesome. And they're like, I shot 47. I got to work on something. What do I work on? So then we look at their scorecard. We determine what they need. Okay, Ro, you need to go work on your putting. If you get your putting a little bit better next week, you got a chance at this. And then they come back next week. We have people that'll blade it, hit the stick, and it goes in. And they come running off the course. I made my first hole in one. There you go. (laughs) So all we've really done is just taken the golf course, which is a big space, and we've shrunk it. And we've made it digestible and made it such that they can have some success on the front end, right? Instead of starting with a three-pointer that nobody can reach the hoop, we start at a layup until somebody can actually make a layup, and then they back up to a free throw and then to a three-pointer, and we just do it in golf. And I'm that. I'm really surprised that nobody's done this before. <laughs> Listen, you know, it, it's amazing because, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, when you see – you know, entrepreneurs and you see things that are invented, you're like, hey, why didn't people think about this before? You know, 
the world is always evolving. You know, things are always getting better and better and better. So that's great, man. So it seems like to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the the program focuses, and you know, you hear everybody say this, short game, short game, short game, short game. Would you say the the program focuses more on a short game per se? A hundred percent. It's 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 weighted on the front end to teach somebody how to play. I would probably go with that first. Gotcha. So like so like playing the game to us, like we used to do these big brainstorms where we'd figure out what does somebody need to know to play the game of golf? And it ended up being like this hundred list, hundred, hundred things they need to know how to do, like what to wear, where to stand. I love it. How to make a tee time, how to drive a golf cart. Uh, how to mark a ball, uh, mm. when do you talk, when do you not talk, like all these weird things that you and I are, we know what's going on because we've played it, but like if you take somebody, if you take somebody that's never played off the street, like they have no idea, right, right, and then they walk off and they go, that is a weird sport, like, and those are weird people, <laughs> right, because you go from the basketball court where everybody's screaming and yelling for Kevin Durant to make it, and then you go to the golf course where everybody's quiet, for Tiger Woods to make the putt. And these people walk away going, gosh, those people are crazy. (laughs) They're uppity. There you go. They're uppity. So so I would say we're weighted on the front end Mm -hmm. to giving them plenty of reps on how to play, which does include short game, chipping and putting. But more importantly, after a couple rounds, they know how to play the game of golf. Right. Score. Yeah, scoring. They know how to change clubs. They know how to change shots. After they blade it four times, they know how to make an adjustment. And more importantly, the craziest thing, if somebody asked me what's the craziest thing you've learned over doing this for 12 years, putting is really hard. The average person that goes out for the first time, four, five, and six putts, the entire nine holes. Correct. And they come back with a score of like 50 or something. And, and we're like, oh, well, how'd it go? We worked on your chipping beforehand. How did that go? I chipped great, Coach Ryan. But putting, people hit it past and past again and past again. And, um, putting, is really, putting is really hard. It looks so simple, though, right? Yeah, you're right. So, so Ryan, how many courses do y'all have across the country again? Uh, we have just over 650, and that's around the world. So there's a handful um, Outside of the U.S. and then uh, 600, yeah, in the U.S. What do you, what do you, what do you think the potential is that that this program can reach? How many courses in the next year or two? Uh, that's a good question. I think with the help of our coaches that we currently have, with the help of Golf Genius, our parent company, in supporting us, um, I think we can get over probably over 1,500. Would probably be my guess. Yeah. The biggest the biggest challenge, Ro, is finding motivated coaches. Correct. That is the hardest thing because our program doesn't work without a coach. Right. And when, has, you say, when you say coach, you mean like head pro maybe? It could be. It could be a head pro. It could be the teaching pro. It could be the third assistant. It could be the PGM student that just graduated. Got We're it. having a lot of success with coaches that aren't the most technically sound like they might not know that the left hand needs to be 45 degrees and the right hand needs to be 20 degrees and the right wrist bend at the top Mm -hmm. but they have a love for kids they have a love for helping people and they are motivated 
And some of those coaches are the best coaches to help these people because all we're trying to do is get them off the ground, these students. We're not getting them ready for PGA Tour. Right. We're not getting them ready for to play at South Carolina, Division One athlete. All we're doing is trying to get them started. And some of our best coaches are some of our youngest coaches that are just so eager to help. And they go out and they just problem solve with somebody. Hey, what is chipping? Like, how do you get the ball to go forward? Like, what do you need to do to hit the ball first instead of the ground and get it to go forward? And um, finding motivated coaches has been one of our hardest challenges, but one of our most rewarding. Like, we've got over 1,200 coaches now in the world that are running this. They're some of the, they're some of the best in the world. You mentioned Kevin Britt down mm-hmm. in your, your part of the country. Kevin Spodberg, yeah. Awesome. Like some of our coaches are just unbelievably good and talented and they've leaned into op 36 because they understand that the start of the game is so important to get them motivated to then move into whatever the next stage in the game. Yes. So, so, so so what's your, what's been your experience with junior parents? Uh, I have not met a parent yet that didn't want to help. Good. That didn't want to, that didn't want to, a child to have a good experience. The challenge is equipping them with some information and help along the way so they can help them and not be the reason that they end up quitting. I mean, like, I think the default in all of us and myself included when I went to my son's first soccer game when he was three, right? like our default is to fix things, mm-hmm. right? Like if the kid's about to put his hand on the stove, we're going to quickly go over and slap it and tell him no. So I remember, I remember in that first soccer game, I started yelling and I usually don't yell. I started yelling at him to do things, run this way, run that way, run this way, run that way. And then I was, I quickly was like, that's not what I should be doing. (laughs) That's the, that's the coach's job. My job is to love him no matter what. Right. And I will tell you that the, the main reason we wrote this book that just came out recently is to help parents. It shows them in chapter eight what the kids want you to say and many times they don't want you to say anything they just want you to get in the car afterwards take them to mcdonald's have a nice meal and then when they cool down after the cooling off period you can have a nice conversation with them and then the other thing that's super helpful is we've been doing this so long so we know what the journey to beating 36 looks like like how long it takes how many reps what the scores are going to be we know what that looks like so we show it to parents beforehand and we'll say "Ro, here's what's about to happen this is going to take about a year it's going to take about a year yeah and he might be a little bit ahead of pace he might beat this in eight or nine months or he might take 14 months but have fun be patient like he's not going to beat it tomorrow like unless he chips in every time and we have found by showing that journey beforehand, yeah, the dad yourself just kind of calms down. It's just like, okay, he's going to shoot a forty-five. Every kid shoots a forty-five every so often. Yeah, that's true. Thirty-six is the standard. That doesn't mean they're going to shoot it the first time. No, no. And I'm learning a lot of that through um, Mark and Britt McKinney. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Great book. Great book. Great book. Great book. You know, so, so why did you decide, why did y'all decide to write the book, first of all? Uh, So first and foremost, the book is to help parents. Mm -hmm. It's a resource that they can read to help them answer the question, is my son or daughter in the right program? Right. 
right? Because as parents, myself and Matt as a parent too, and you as well, mm-hmm. we're constantly wondering, is our kid in the right school? Is our kid in the right church? Is our kid in the right football program, basketball? And the same thing in golf. And we used to have parents come up to us all the time when we we're coaching and say, hey, we're thinking about going to the program down the street because they're not beating 36 fast enough. Hmm. We're like, they've tried it two times. Like, yeah, (laughs) give it a break. Right, right. So the book was written, the primary purpose of the book was written to help the parents answer the question, is my parent in the, is my child in the right program? If they're not, maybe I need to find a different program. And all of that is based on the lessons that we've learned ourselves but also the 1200 coaches around the world. So it's filled with stories of kids in the United Kingdom and kids in Canada and California and Arizona who have done op 36 have gotten to a certain point. They felt like giving up. They found this inner strength to overcome an obstacle and they did. And these stories are really cool to read to your kids, read to um, your kids in your program to kind of motivate and inspire them that they're not the only ones that are in a challenging situation. So the, the book I think is 125 pages. It's two to three hours, uh, just a short read. And then when the parent is done, they're armed with the knowledge and understanding of what to look for in a program right? to help their kid fall in love with the game. All right. And what's your, now what's your favorite part of the book? Certainly the stories oh. at the end of the chapters, right? Like the, there was a story in there from Jake Martin, who's one of our coaches in Kentucky who was talking about one of his students, I think Devin was his name, that it took him 12 tries to beat 25 yards. And that's normal. It takes it takes a couple attempts. But how Jake walked him through the process of dealing with disappointment, of overcoming obstacles, and he had some tough rounds where he was crying, right? You've probably had those with your son. Yes. Right? <laughs> we all have. Mm-hmm. And then the story goes on where he beats 36, and Jake has a conversation with him and says, all right, do you want to try 50 yards or have you had enough of this? This is too hard. And the kid goes, I am ready for the next challenge. <laughs> yeah, so the stories are, the stories are, I think are the best part of the book. That's good. That's good. Cause those, those stories can keep you attentive and get, get you to want you, want you to read more into the book. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think folks feel like they're on an Island, like golfers, like if they're struggling to, if your son's trying to break 70 in a tournament, maybe he feels like the only kid that's with that. Why am I having trouble beating 70 when everybody else can do this? But if you can relate it to them and say, Hey, there's others that are struggling with the same issue and this is how they dealt with it. That's really powerful for them to see. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing is once you break 70, you are still vulnerable. You are still capable of shooting an 80 plus hundred percent, hundred percent golf can golf always keeps us at bay. I always, always say, Ryan, golf is mean. This is it's a mean sport. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Golf is mean. It'll, it'll, as Will McGirt says, it'll punch you in the nose and give you a bloody yeah. nose. There you go. <laughs> and so, he, so, so the book, you know, is it, is, you, 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 what do you hope? I mean, is it, is it more for coaches or parents or, you know, who do you hope this book really reaches in the industry? Right. So the number one intention of the book is for parents. Parents, okay. It's a resource for parents to read to figure out what should and what should I do and what shouldn't I do along this journey. Right. 
and I'm sure coaches are going to read it too. It'd probably be good if I, if you were a coach to read it too, just to get some lessons that we've learned over the years to maybe not try some of the things we tried that crashed and burned. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the, the larger hope on the book row is to change the industry. Like when we started our golf course had three or four kids at it, mm -hmm. maybe like there weren't many kids. And then if, if a mom yesterday, you saw one, is that right? Yeah. I mean, the picture, it, it was like you and maybe one person. On oh, 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 the picture. Yeah. It was yeah, Matt and I, two, yeah, two coaches yeah. and one student. Oh, there you go. Right. Yeah. That's what I saw yesterday. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the hope is to change the industry in such that like, I just, I always think about the mom. I have a heart for a mom. Like a mom is so desperate to find something for their child to gain confidence in, find identity in. Um, and I just think some moms are just searching for that and they end up coming across golf as an option. And when they go in the pro shop to sign them up, let's say the mom doesn't know how to play or she's never played before and the husband doesn't play. It's not that welcoming. Gotcha. Right. Like she doesn't, it's not like karate, like in karate, I signed the boys up for karate a year ago and I walked in the building. I had no, no clue what was going on. The only thing I knew is that they wore like a white uniform. That was it. Right. Like I know nothing about karate, but my boys needed it for self-confidence and they needed it. To, they needed to toughen up a little bit. So I got, all right, guys, you're going. And you know, they didn't want to go. So we walk in the front door and the guy's like, um, how can I help you? I said, I'd like to sign my boys up for Taekwondo. I don't know anything about it. Can you share with me what's going on? And he took me over to a table. He put out one piece of paper, one piece of paper. And he said, here's how it works. Your son will come to class twice a week. You pick the day. I run classes Monday through Saturday. He'll test every 60 days on his belt. He'll start at white belt and he'll move to black belt. It's $49 to start in the uniform. That includes the uniform. And if you want to continue after, you can. If not, that's okay. And in 20 seconds, 2-0, 20 seconds, he explained to me the whole thing. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. Good. And my boys understood it immediately. And I'm like, why don't we have that in golf? So, so like, right, a simple explanation. So now our charge is to try to do the same thing. If a mom comes into the pro shop, how can we explain to her in 20 to 30 seconds in her language? Mm -hmm. She understands what's going on and we're getting close. Uh, but I mean, Taekwondo does a wonderful job. And the, and the hope is that the book is the starting point to change the industry such that the welcome mat to the golf course is warm. And when the mom comes in, she's like, yes, I want to do this. I want to put my kid in an environment to build confidence. Uh, I want to put them in an environment to meet new friends socially. Um, for, for whatever reason, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, that didn't work for our family. We want to try golf right. and make it just like they look in the back of the pro shop, behind the pro shop, and they see 25 kids having fun. They want to join in, too. That's right. So that's kind of the that's the hope. Good, good. So, so Ryan, how can um, how can everybody order the book? Um, first of all, and how can everybody reach reach out to you on social media? How can we find you on all the platforms? So, uh, what's the best way to order the book? Yeah, so the easiest way to order the book is, I think, 
where anything, any book is nowadays, Amazon. You can jump on Amazon and order the book. Uh, you can get it prime shipping in a day or two if you're here on the East Coast. And it's live. It went live on Tuesday was our book release. So it's live on Amazon. If somebody wants to order it, they can. Uh, if somebody is looking for a program in their area for Op36, yeah. go to op36.golf and okay. click find a program. Um, that's if you're a parent. If you're a coach and you're interested in running Op36, go to the same website, op36.golf, and click I'm a coach. And we're happy to have a chat with you and do a quick demo of what we have to offer to help coaches. Um, and then if somebody wants to connect with us on social media, we all of our platforms, Operation 36 Golf, are out there, Instagram. Uh, Facebook are two of the most popular ones. And then Matt and I are on Facebook. We're also on Instagram as well, but uh, most of our social media is through the company operation 36 golf. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, listen, man, this has been great. Um, any, any final words that you want to leave to our, our junior golf listeners? I, I appreciate you having us on. I, I will be interested to see over the years if, like the 2040, 2050 Masters champion started in the game a little bit differently uh, because of this. And I, an interesting story to leave with is we're starting to see, this will be, I think, interesting to you, Ro, kids that have been in the program for over 10 years because we've been doing it so long. Right. So we actually see what happens at the end. And the original thought was, if you start them closer to the hole and they shoot lower scores, what is that going to do to them, their psyche? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like when I started the game, my first round, I think I shot 140 for 18 holes. Like, it was pretty bad. I don't, I don't know why I continued. <laughs> but, but, like, now when I get under par, mm-hmm. I get a little nervous. I get a little steery. I, I don't take three under and make it six under. But some of these kids that are starting to come through, like Michael Snyder is a great example. He's now, I think he's 30th in the state, North Carolina ranked. He started out in Op 36 as a six-year-old, shot scores of 40, 35, 32. Like when he was eight years old, he was shooting like 31s and 32s because he was playing from a yardage where he could do that. Okay. And now he's shooting, I think this summer he had five or six rounds in the 60s. And I asked him, I said, Michael, do you get uncomfortable when you get a couple under par? And he said to me, he goes, no, I've been doing this my whole life. I'm just trying to make, I'm just trying to shoot the lowest score possible. So it, it works. Like these kids going through, if you start them early at decent scores, it seems to help with their psyche on, on shooting lower scores, which is what you're trying to do. Confident. It comes back to confidence. And that's what we're trying to teach these kids. Yeah. Uh, maybe not, maybe teach isn't the right word, bro. We're trying to help them earn confidence. Yeah. I can definitely see it. I mean, this is, you know, from, you know, from the session I did on, I think, Tuesday um, till today, I just see that this program is all about confidence. And uh, I think it's going to, I think it's going to take off. I mean, it's already taken off. I just think it's going to, you know, really go to another level with more coaches, more students, more parents being involved. And uh, I think it's going to really grow the game. So again, man, thank you. Uh, Ryan sure. for joining us on the Junior Golf Podcast and hopefully we'll be able to you know meet one day and 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 maybe you know have have a sandwich or something at the clubhouse right absolutely I'd look forward to that I appreciate you reaching out and being so kind with your time thanks for having me on all right you're welcome